We're going to open up to Matthew 6 today, and we started last week in verse 1. Uh, we've been going through Matthew, the whole book of Matthew, and as you can see, we haven't really gotten very far. What we like to do, for those of you who are not usually with us, we like to really dig into each verse, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, everything just really into detail as much as we can. Um, so that's why we're only in chapter 6, and it's been, I don't know how long, but it's cool. We have fun. Um, so, looking at verse 1 last week, uh, we noticed the, the precaution to all that is which to follow in 1 through 18. So, what I want to do today is, one lucky person out here, I want to read Matthew 6, 1 through 18. Any, anybody willing to do that for me? Matthew 6, 1 through 18. Nobody's willing to do that? Can I read it? Paul, please! I know you read it. from here? Sure. Okay. It says, uh, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I said to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be hurt for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows that what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Thank you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the opportunity to read your word. God, your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. I pray that we will take your word, not only hide it in our hearts, but I pray that we'll be willing to receive it in our hearts and be willing to tell other people about you and what we've learned. God, I thank you so much uh, for all that you're doing. I pray that you would just come now. And uh, meet with us here. I love you so much. In name I pray. Amen. Okay, so today specifically, I know that was a lot of reading, but today specifically we're going to be looking at verses 2 through 4. Last week we hit verse 1. Now we're moving on to 2 through 4. Um, what you'll see here is the idea of hypocrisy, number one, and number two, the idea of rewards. Basically throughout all of this, that's the two things that you're going you're gonna to get mental pictures of. The idea of hypocrisy and rewards. So, with that being said, a lot of people when they come to church, 
what they want to do is they want to fold up their wallets. They want to put a little lock on it, throw the key away, and hide their wallets for as long as they can because they traditionally don't want to give. People traditionally just have no desire to give. A lot of times, me personally, I've struggled with that. Just the idea of desiring to give something that I have to somebody else, which we all know that is a lot of times greed and just foolishness and selfishness. So today, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about giving. Um, we're going to be hitting on money, things like that. So it might get a little uncomfortable. Don't let it. Um, so in the past decade or so, I don't know much about this. I've just done some research this past week. But in the past decade or so, there's been a lot of large corporations, banks, a lot of companies that have just went under. Because what they focus on is, is paying their top-notch employees the most money they can. So they want the people who sit in the offices, and I struggle with this sometimes because I'm a technician myself, people who sit in the offices, they want to pay them a large number, and the people in the field, they want to pay them a bottom dollar, which is kind of weird. I don't really see how that works out, but that's what that's the idea that, that happens. So when corporations think about charity and giving money to uh, kind and benevolent causes, they almost invariably do so with a view towards enhancing their reputation. So rather than let's pay our employees what they need, what they should be paid, what they want to do is they'll say, yeah, we'll give to charity. But it's most, mostly to just advance what they do, what they, what they want to be seen for. Um, so giving money to organizations like uh, Red Cross or to homeless shelters, homeless organizations, stuff like that, and other various nonprofit organizations, companies do that so that these Nonprofit places will advertise them. That's what they want. They want to be advertised. So they use the charities as advertisement. Because what they want to do is purchase your respect. Does that make sense? A lot of times, so for example, if, if I own a company, I own a business, and it's, uh, I don't know, I own Gatorade business. I, I sell Gatorade. That's what I do. Um, so what I'm saying is this guy over here is working so hard to send out the Gatorade to everybody else. He gets a little bit of money. This person up here who's setting up all the calls gets a lot of money. But me, that I run the business, what I want to do, what my job would be is to go to Joe Schmo down the road and just say, hey, we have this product. I want you to see it. It's good. But we also give to charity. So note that too. They, they advertise that. They want to flaunt that. So they have no intention of actually... Uh, giving these dollars to people who, who really need them. That's not what they really seek out. It's no different with the Pharisees. Let's think about it this way. Uh, with religious leaders in Jesus' day, their business is ruling the nation of Israel. The position they feel in society is that they are go-betweens between the Roman Empire, uh, which couldn't care less about their religion, and every concern about their money and their taxation. That's all they cared about. They wanted money. They wanted to be popular. They wanted a good reputation. They didn't care about much else. Um, and those individuals that they, the Romans, have to tax. Those individuals who didn't really think it's right to be honoring Caesar as some sort of God, yet you have these guys in the middle as religious as well as political. Um, and when they perform their acts of righteousness, uh, when they, li they live out the so-called Christian life, they're not authentic in what they're doing. We saw that last week in their, in their acts of... Uh, as you're practicing your righteousness before other people, all they want to do is be seen. They were acting the part. They were hypocrites. As we learned last week, that's literally what hypocrites mean is to put on a show, to act. Literally theatrical motives. 
And this all raises the questions for us today. What is it that Christ desires from us with our money? And what is it that authentic Christian living looks like when it comes to charity and is charity a waste? There's some, some thoughts. Um, and we'll go through. We have a lot more to cover than just that. But that's just some, some ideas and key concepts. So, in verse 2, it says, Thus when you give to the needy, it begins with thus, which is referring to what came before, which is in verse 1, which we saw last week, is not that we want to be flaunting our good deeds and righteousness in order to be seen by others. But at the same time, it's not that we are to be so super secretive about what, <clears throat> excuse me, about what we're doing that we're not even, not even we know exactly what is going on. Because we are to be lights in the world. We learned that last week as well. We went back to Matthew 5 uh, where it says to be a salt and light into the world. Um, so we realize that we still, although we don't want to just flaunt all of our good deeds, we still need to be a light. And we still need to be able to shine for Christ. But a lot of times, as we learned last week, we also come to a point where um, we try to be such a light that we end up getting a little bit of praise for that. We end up getting a little bit of, hey, good job. You did good there. I see what you did. That's good. And a lot of times that's what we end up wanting deep down. Whether you, whether you realize it or not, that's a lot of times what ends up, what's, what's, what's inside. Because, um, you know, I give somebody five bucks, they need five bucks. They say, thank you. That's good. But a lot of times deep down what's inside is you want to be praised for that. You want to get a little bit of the glory when really it, it comes back to your motives and what your motives are in that situation. <clears throat> In verse 2, he begins this next section of teaching, which is about charitable giving, which is, is referenced back to verse 1, thus. So we need to, to really uh, focus on that because it's like a contrast. So when you see, beware of practicing righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, thus you have, or, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, that thus is a big game changer in that verse because you have the caution and then it's leading into what to be cautioned of. Um, so when we give to the needy, sell no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Some individuals reading this passage have inferred that, um, that a practice that the religious leaders would do of Christ's day is they would actually go out and sound trumpets. Well, that's not what literally happened according to what I've researched this week. And I could be wrong. I don't know. But I've researched in a number of different places. And, and it says they literally did not go out and blow trumpets. The idea was they just wanted to be seen. So they would just... Maybe jump up and down in the road. Say, hey, look, I gave money. Let's go. You know, they, they wanted everybody to know about it. So they probably literally didn't actually blow any trumpets. But that's significant, significant because right off the bat you see that there's maybe not necessarily an exaggeration. But I'm going to use that word exaggeration where there's like don't go out and blow trumpets because that's probably the loudest thing you could do then. So that it's, it's don't go flaunt it and don't go be loud about it. Their giving is done specifically in order to enhance their reputation. So when, you, when you're thinking back in this time and it's talking and Jesus is talking here, don't be like them because they do that just to be applauded. The idea is they only want to enhance their reputation. They only want to be looked at as, look how good I am. Look at what I've done. I want to be up here on the reputation bar. That's all they cared about. That's, that was what's on their mind. They're not really concerned with, not really motivated to bring blessing to the lives of the needier individuals. Sure, they will give them money and ultimately their heart condition. The purpose for what they're doing is to get their people to note that what they're doing so that they can be applauded. 
So basically, I really don't care if this money helps you very much. But what I want you to do is I want you to applaud me. That way I know in my heart that I did something good. Which completely seems hypocritical. Uh, definitely not. Definitely not accurate. Um, <clears throat> so then he references locations. The synagogues. Uh, sorry, the synagogues where they uh, worship uh, their worship facilities where they would gather and have their worship services and in the streets. Now, when you're giving money to someone, they're going to notice we hit on this last week. I probably hit on a little more than I should have. I don't know. It's pretty hard. <laughs> so they're going to give a notice that you are giving them money. Like if, if I come up to you and I give you a check. And I got picked on for saying cut a check last week. If I cut you a check and I give it to you, you're going to notice that I give you this check. You're gonna, it's, he's giving me money. It's, it's notable. It's pretty obvious because you're saying, I just got 20 bucks for no reason. Heck, you know, you, you notice what is going on. Well, there were two locations uh, where these guys would obviously be involved in this sort of practice. It was in the synagogues where they would be worshiping. And no doubt there would be poor individuals in there and beggars because what they would do is they would go sit in there and then these people who wanted to be seen, the Pharisees and stuff, they would go up and they would just give them money and maybe in the middle of service, before service or after service because what they wanted to do was be seen. That's, I mean, that's, that's a good way to be seen. If I'm sitting in the front row and I walk to the middle to give somebody money, that row is going to see it, the back row is going to see it, everybody up here is going to see it, people over there are going to see it, everybody sees that. It's pretty clear. They wanted to be seen. Uh, so it was going to be noticed whether they did it in the synagogues or in the street corners. If you're on the street, you're walking down the road, you have cars driving by nowadays. You have cars driving by, you have people in shops shopping around, you have food places over here. If you give money to somebody on the road, obviously going to be seen by somebody. So, not necessarily that they were blowing trumpets, but it's just that they weren't really... Wanting to do it for the right motives. And we talked about motives a lot last week. I'll try not to hit that too much again this week. But by virtue of, of the fact of who they are, by their position, their, stat, their status within society, people are watching them. So their, their high up reputation, since they have built up such a reputation in their society, then what they're going to do is going to be watched. It's like a pro athlete. I like Michael Jordan. I'll still watch Michael Jordan clips to this day because the dude can dunk the basketball like no other. So in that case, I'm going to watch Michael Jordan. Now, if Michael Jordan does this and it's wrong, I'm going to note that because I've been watching Michael Jordan. Same concept. You know what they're going to be doing. Knowing that people are watching them, they take their money, knowing that all eyes are on them. They walk up, not literally blowing trumpets, but they give their money to the people that need it, um, but not for the right reasons. <clears throat> Of course, the audience or, or the congregation would see this, and you would think if, if I give money to somebody, you would probably be more likely thinking, man, that's awesome. Look at that guy. He just gave money for, for no reason, just, just because he loved the person. I mean, so, so people know, other people notice that. We really, really get that picture. Uh, for example, there, there was one situation, it's been a long, long time ago, a um, couple years back, where I would... Uh, I, I worked in Charlotte, and when I come home from Charlotte, that's a long drive. A lot of people break down on 16. Well, I got to help a couple people. But a lot of times, I, I, I notice this a lot of times around and about, how people, when they help somebody, they want to come in and say, Hey, I had this opportunity to help this guy the other day. He was broken down on the side of the road, helped him change his tire, went to go get him a, a little bit of gas. And what's the, what's the point of that? Why, why do we – I think what we need to think about is why do we tell other people when we do something good for somebody else? 
Is it for the motive that you may be seen? Or is it for the motive that you... For what? For what? I mean, other than to be seen. Because if you're telling other people, if you have to tell other people about your good acts, your righteous acts, or, or your giving, um, you stop giving God 20 bucks. If you tell somebody about that, your motives may be a little off because I don't really see a point in actually telling anybody why you did what you did. Um, unless, I will say this, unless that other person may be willing to go help that person too. That might be a little different situation. So when you give to the needy, it then says in the next verse, um, let me make sure I'm correct here. I don't want to. Yeah. And when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand or do not let, (laughs) do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Your hands don't actually possess any cognitive intelligence. Your hands, they can't carry a conversation. They can't look at each other. They don't really know what they are doing. That's your mind. So there has to be a little bit of exaggeration in that as well because your hands can't really communicate back and forth. So there has to be um, a reason for that. But I think just like elsewhere in the um, Sermon on the Mount, this is Christ setting an unheard of standard. He's setting, he's setting the bar, which he's done this over here uh, back in, in where he's talking about um, anger, retaliation, divorce. He says, you think it's okay to be doing it this way, but I'm telling you. You need to do it this way. So this is another one of those examples where Christ is setting the unheard of standard of his day. In the first half, he was saying, the Pharisees uh, were blowing trumpets and they're giving. Then as he is challenging the notion of giving, he's saying that as you give, there shouldn't be a lot of back and forth between your hands. Almost as as if your hands were having a conversation together. So basically... When you give, don't go back and forth. Should I give that 20 bucks? Should I not give that 20 bucks? Let's put it in this hand. Maybe I can give that person. Don't, don't do that. Don't do it with the mindset of maybe I'll give it. Maybe I won't. How will this affect me? What is, uh, um, what is my financial situation going to be next month because I gave this person a little bit of money? Uh, basically, give without any regard as to why you're giving or, or to how much you're giving. But just why you're giving. Because you love that person. Because Christ has put you in that in their path for that reason. Um, an early church father. I, it was The name was unmentioned uh, where I looked this up at. But he said this. Jesus is not talking about literal left hand and right hands having a conversation. Rather he is speaking spiritually with intentional exaggeration. If it is possible he is saying for you to remain. This is the point. For you to remain unaware. Let this be your goal. Remain unaware about what you're really doing. Just give. Now, I think I, I think I talk about this a little bit later, but I think it fits here as well. That then becomes the, the issue of the prosperity gospel, where where you have the health, wealth, prosperity. You know, you give everything you've got, and then and then God's going to bless that. He's going to provide for you. No, it doesn't say that. I mean, that's I can't find that anywhere. If you do, please tell me because I'll give everything I have because I know God's going to take care of me. That makes more sense that way, anyways. Um, but the fact, the fact is we just need to give the, the prosperity gospel thing. That's beside the point. Just give everything. I mean, not necessarily everything you got, but just give without any regard as to what you're doing. Uh, so no self-regard either before or after the fact, if it is possible, you are to, um, you are to do it without giving a second thought, um, out of just who you are as a Christian with your relationship with Christ. What Christ is doing through you, what he's done through you, your past, your relationship with God, the creator, 
That's why you give. You give because you have been given. That, that's, that's, that's the exact reason why you give. Um, we're not wanting to be clapped for. We don't want to be applauded. We don't want to be praised. We don't want to be rewarded here on earth. But we do this. We give what we give because of God who gave to us. So how do you give with the right heart? How do you, how do you have the kind of heart condition where you can give with, with uh, disregard for yourself? Not really giving a lot of thought to your own personal well-being. You just reach into your pocket and you just give to somebody. Reach into your wallet, pull out a $20 bill, just give to them just because they need it. Not because of what you want for lunch tomorrow. Not because of what you can go buy with that 20 bucks, But just because you can give, you give. Based on just a trust relationship with the Father. That's, that's, what it's, that's what it's about. Just a trust relationship with God that He is going to provide you don't need to worry about the financial situation that you're in. Just give. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. In other words, when the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders, give their money, they do it to be noticed and they are noticed and they are respected for what they are noticed for. And that's the only reward that they're going to get. When they hand out the money, they are paying, literally paying for their reputation. That makes sense. Because when we said that they are wanting to be noted for their reputation, that's what they wanted. That's what they desired to be praised for their reputation. If they do that and they give, they are literally paying so that they can be praised and applauded and uh, reputed. Do not let your... Um, excuse me, sorry. When you give, do not take a whole lot of thought to your reputation. But do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that when you're giving may be in secret. And Christ's promise here is that your father who sees in secret will reward you. You will be rewarded. If you give in secret, you don't, you don't care about coming here, flaunting what you give, flaunting what you do. You give, your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now that doesn't necessarily, I want to I put a side note in there. That doesn't necessarily mean here on earth. That doesn't necessarily mean that. Your reward may not come until you, you meet with Christ in heaven and you're there with Him. Because then, it's all fun and games. You just get to praise Jesus all the time. That's what it's about. So your Father who is seasoned secret will reward you. But, how many of us really live every second of every day noting and knowing that every second of every day is being watched and observed carefully by God. When we when we do what we do and when we live our life and when we um, when we do give and when we uh, when we sing our worship songs and when we're driving down the road and when we're working and when we're eating and when we're hanging out with our friends, how many of us really note that every second of that is being noted and known by God? He observes that. He knows what you're doing. He knows everything. He's saying that without giving a second thought, not having to send a conversation with your hands, uh, if you will, you reach into your pocket and you give somebody some money. You don't even think about it. You're just going on with your day. You don't even notice. You can go get your burger later. You just don't even, you don't even pay attention. You just give. And you don't need to give it a lot of thought because you know your father is watching every second. So if you note... That God is watching you every second of every day. You know that. Then you don't have to worry about being applauded by your friends or your family. Because he's going to reward you for that anyways. 
If you know he's watching, if you agree that you know he is watching, you don't have to worry about that reward here on earth because you will be rewarded. Um, he is a just God and a gracious God that has a reward um, for you, you know, if you, if you bless those, if you do give that money, he is faithful and just to do that for you. Think about why it is that we refuse to give money. Why would we refuse to give somebody in need, to somebody in need? Um, a lot of times we're not really sure that we can do it without. We need to calculate in our budgets. I have a budget. Uh, my wife and I have been trying to do a budget together. Um, we have a great financial help. Side note, have great financial help. Um, so we're really trying to set a budget and a course for our spending. But if, if I have to calculate in my budget how much I can give to the needy, that doesn't really make sense. I don't see how that really works. So we, we, we need to, a lot of times we, we feel like we can't give and we refuse to give because we have to calculate um, and count the cost. What it's really going to cost us to give. Say I'm going to sell everything. If I want to, I probably won't because I'm lame like that. Say I'm going to sell everything I have. I'm going to move. The reason I would refuse to do that is because I'm selfish. I want everything in my house that belongs to me in my name. I want to have it in my hands because it's mine. That's, that's the wrong way of looking at it. Because if, if it comes in between what I can give to somebody else, it's idolatry. You're, you're, you're bringing that and you're hoarding it to yourself. It's an idol. You need to get rid of it anyways. So a lot of times we think, uh, can I afford to give this much this month? And can I swing that on my budget? Or uh, can I live on a little bit lesser budget next week? Maybe it takes eating out for a couple weeks. You know, can, I, can I afford to do that? Is it, I mean, how is this going to affect me? What Christ is teaching here is to do it in secret, quietly, without consideration. You just do it anyways. It doesn't matter what your budget looks like. It doesn't matter because you're just going to do it anyways. But that's not the whole story. That's not it. That's not the end of, that's not the end of the line. So now we're here and we're thinking, okay, good. So when I when I have my when I give my money, I need not to worry about it. I need not to worry about how that affects my life personally, like what it affects me. Uh, I need not to consider that. I need to recognize God and how He sees me all the time. Um, I get it. Big picture in here. Let's go. No, that's not it. Um, lesson may be learned, but there's more to it. Um, a lot of times people will, will, will try to switch this up a little bit and say, if and when I choose to give. Like, you know, I'm, I don't really want to give this week, but next week maybe I can slip a little bit more in there. You know, it, it's, it's not necessarily if you give, it's, you know, when you give. It's, it's, it says, thus, when you give. So it's the, the continuation in contrast of a thought from the, the, the uh, part of the passage before. So it says, thus, when you give. It's not uh, an option. You don't have a choice of giving. It says, when you do it. So you are expected as a Christian to give. If you say you're a Christ follower, it is in the expectations that you do give. Um, if, if and when I choose to give is not, not a part of the question. So in the first half, he's saying, when you give, don't blow a trumpet. In the second half, he's saying, when you give, do it in secret that your father will reward you. Uh, we jump to that right off the. Uh, we jump to that right off the bat. It's an easy application. We get it. We're good. Keep it secret. Don't brag about it. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Pretty simple, right? Um, but if you do that, you miss the point. You miss what what was really trying to be looked at here. When you give to the needy, 
And when you, um, it says in verse 2, when you give to the needy, in verse 3, when you give to the needy. The front and center application that jumps out at you is, as a Christian, um, we're not to be doing charitable acts for recognition of others. Um, straight and simple. But if that's as far as you looked, you've missed it. When you give, Christ is assuming that all of us are going to be given. That's, that's the bottom line. He knows that since you say you are a Christian, you will be given. I must have jumped ahead a little bit. I apologize. Um, thus, in this manner, when you give, don't be like that. Don't, don't sound the trumpet. Don't, don't flaunt it. So thus, after the, after the caution, beware. Thus, you're going to do it. When you give, don't flaunt it. Don't, don't brag about it. Um, so real quick if we uh, go back to verse 2 it says that's when you give to the needy in most translations that's what it will say the literal Greek behind the English translation is this I'm going to try this you can correct me if you know the word um, elimosine is that correct do you know elimosine sounds great okay cool we'll go with it uh, elimosine I'm, I'm trying to say that correctly I, I, try, I listened to it a lot this morning Probably like six or seven times trying to say it with it. YouTube video. Elimosine, I think is what it is. Um, that means alms. It's charitable giving. It's the same word that you find over in Acts chapter 10. I don't think it's up there. It's no big deal. We're not going to really hang out there. Uh, Cornelius, one of the centurions of the, uh, the, the cohort there, gave alms to the people. And he prayed continually night and day. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Cornelius. Your alms and your prayers have been ascended before God as a memorial. It's the same, same word used there. What the angel of the Lord is saying is that God has uh, been reminded of you based upon all the righteousness, all the righteous things that you have done. So God has already noted that he has done it. He's it's already taken note of that. You don't need to tell everybody else. He didn't need to go out and tell um, another person out there because he's already going to get his reward. There's no need to go and, and tell anybody else. Um, so the word elimosine, alms, charitable giving, um, also means acts of mercy, which is the same thing as used in Acts 10. He's performing an act of mercy for poor people, and so it's translated there, alms, something you give out of devotion or reverence for God. But it's something you give to the poor people. So the best English rendering that we could, can, can come up here with in, in this word alms is translated to giving to the needy. That's the best that we can. It's the best that we can come up with. The closest that we can that we can do there. But the literal meaning of the word is act of compassion or act of mercy. Something that you sacrifice. Something that you give in order to be merciful or compassion uh, or kind to somebody, someone that is hard pressed or under um, under some hard hard times, basically. So someone who is physically going through something tough, maybe they don't have the, the finances they need that month, you're actually giving to somebody who needs it. That's what that word literally means. So if you want to get really technical about it, I'm going to try to say this word as well. It's kind of hard trying to pronounce all these words. Um, I know English for a reason, I think. Po, poio means to do. Um, so if you want to back up and get the literal rend, uh, rendering of this passage, what Jesus is saying here is when you do your merciful acts, 
When you do your sacrificial benevolent giving, when you do something that is kind and compassionate for someone else. So when you do something compassionate and out of your heart for somebody else, when you do that, don't sound the trumpet. Don't give it a lot of thought. So we, we understand the fact that we are called to, to do this. We are called to give to the needy, merciful acts of and grace is what we're called to do. Um, in other religions, um, there are generous things that people will do for the poor. That's, that's not just a common Christian thing. There's other religions out there that will, that will give to the needy. They will, they will do charitable acts. They will do Red Cross things. It doesn't matter. They will do that. But what you won't find in other religions is that the God of that religion won't perform that gift himself. He won't give to the needy. He won't give to the poor himself. And what we find in, in our faith, in, in Christian faith, is that God sent his son Jesus. He gave alms his son Jesus for us. That we, because we are the broken, we are the poor, we are the needy. He gave Jesus for us that we may know Him. That's a, that's a pretty big arm there, if, if you will. So, um, the, the act of sacrificial mercy, they won't, their God won't do that. But our God does. Our God sends, sends His arm to us that we may have Him. That we may get to enjoy Him. That we may be in fellowship with Him. So Jesus, He didn't give us money. He didn't give us another sacrificial lamb. He he gave us Himself. He uh, willingly offered Himself for us. So let's talk about sacrifice for a minute. I have just a couple here, a little brief synopsis of sacrifice. Uh, In Genesis 4, we have Cain and Abel. The offering, uh, they're going to give an offering. They don't really call it sacrifice there. It's just an offering. And what they do is they, they, um, they're making an offering to the Father. It's sort of an act of tribute or honor. That's what, that's what they're doing. They just want to honor God in their offering. So they're giving to Him. So when you give anything to God, whether it be like you're going to give money to the church or you're going to give money to a mission, whatever it is. We have a guy, Jordan Grogan, who's in Canada. We, we send money to him, whether it be him or the church in general. When you give money... What we need to realize is it's not even yours anyways. God gave that to you first. You first got that from Him, and so now you're giving it back to Him. It's not even yours to begin with, so why are you so selfish with it? That's a, a pretty big concept there. So they, they offered their, their tribute of honor to God. That's what their offering was about. Um, so that would be an alm from them to God. Then in Genesis 22, where Abraham is offering up Isaac... Um, just another example of sacrifice. It sounds pretty horrific. I couldn't imagine. I don't even have a kid yet, but I couldn't imagine giving up my child for anything. Um, but giving up, giving up your own flesh and blood, something that has been promised to us. He was promised a child from God, and this child is going to be taken from him. Um, but what we need to realize is everything, all of it, is God, so he is entitled to it. Whether it be your children, your house, your car, your money, your friends, your family. It is God's. He is entitled to it. It is His, not yours. Him being entitled to it. Abraham takes Isaac up onto the mountain. He goes to sacrifice him at the last second. Uh, when he tested his devotion to the Lord. When his devotion to the Lord was tested. Um, God said, hey, you don't have to do it. We're, we're good here. But 
It doesn't stop there. God provides for him a sacrifice. So, sacrifices are an act of tribute and giving to God what he deserves. Um, although, what we give God is never going to amount up to what he deserves. He deserves our offering and our gift. Um, and we know this is a form of worship for God or to God or they wouldn't have done it. It would, it would have been worthless to give. It's pointless to give to somebody if it's not an act of worship. What's the point of doing it? Ultimately, what we find in all the repetition of all sacrifices, and there are countless more. Um, so what we find in all the repetition of all the sacrifices is even when your heart is right, those sacrifices um, always have to be offered over and over and over and over again because they don't atone for sin. They, they, it's not the, the final say-so in sin. It doesn't really um, settle the deal. Although it may be in your heart, I need to give this because I'm a sinful person. It doesn't seal the deal. There, there has to be something else because it's, it's not it. It's not the atonement for sin. Um, so, I mean, just a, a, a <laughs> how it would feel to have make constant sacrifice to gain no ground. That's another thought to think about. When you're having to give constant sacrifices, you're offering all your livestock, everything you have. You give, you give, you give, you give, and you're gaining no ground. That, that, that has to be awful. Um, so you're feeling pretty much like there's nothing to do at this point. If God will not receive your sacrifices, how do you appease your guilt, your sin, to Him? How can that guilt be stopped? Uh, well, that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus comes to give the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate act of mercy, uh, to live a perfect life, and to die as substitute for you in your place, so that God will be satisfied. He can look upon the blood of Christ and have mercy on you. When Jesus dies on the cross... He is the ultimate arm. He is the ultimate gift. That's, that's, the, that's the big deal of this passage here. It's not, about, it's not all about you. We've learned that in the past. The Bible is not about you specifically. What we realize is that Jesus has his hand on every passage. His hand is on every page, every piece of ink here. He is there. So what we realize is Jesus is the ultimate arm, the ultimate act of merciful giving. When Jesus dies on the cross, he completely removes us from our sin. He completely pays the price for all of our sins without thinking twice. He willingly paid our debt, left hand and right hand, no idea what he was doing. He gave. So without, without a second thought, without consideration, without regard for what it would cost him in the end, he gave. The bottom line is we're selfish. Worse, worse than that, we, we, we don't show mercy. We... Uh, only care about how everything's going to affect us. Um, we don't care about people who are in desperate need. Uh, research that I, that I kind of looked up a little bit this week. We are in the top 1% of the wealthiest population in the world. That says something. We have a lot of money. We have a lot of wealth. We have a lot of stuff. Well, a lot of times we focus on how much stuff we can get. Um, I'm very guilty of that. How much stuff I can possess, how much stuff I can own, how many gifts I can buy for other people. And then when other people see that gift, they're going to be like, man, you got that person. That, that is awesome. I focus on that too much. We are the top 1% wealthiest in the world. And there's people in Africa and Haiti, Philippines who have nothing. The question that we need to be thinking about my, my life as well is. What are you going to do to change that? What gift can you give that, that may change 
the way that that person may give or that person may give. Although you don't really want to flaunt it and what you're going to give, you don't want it to really be seen. But somebody's going to notice it. We realize that. Somebody's going to see it regardless. Um, but how are you going to give? You know, we have our, uh, our homes that are heated and aired. We have iPads, iPods, iPhones, TVs, multiple TVs at that in one house. How many TVs do we really need in one house? I say a lot, but that's selfish. But we have all these things. We spend so much money on our possessions and what will make us happy and what we can, uh, what we can do for tomorrow and, and how we can hang out with these friends and make it more fun. And what we, I mean, we just spend all this money on pointless things when there's so many other things out there and so many other people out there that need this money. They need the gift. They need the love. They need the arm, they need the compassion, the passion, the, the mercy, the grace, the love, the care. They need it, and we are too selfish to give it. To close, I'm, I'm going to leave with this verse. It's, it's my favorite verse. Uh, I dwell on it a lot. It's 1 John 2.6. It says, whoever claims they abide in him. Who is him? Jesus. Whoever claims that they abide in him. Jesus must walk in the same way in which he walked. Hmm. Well, how did Jesus walk? We already, we already read through that. The ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate gift, the ultimate source of love. And if we walk in the way that Jesus walked, how are we going to act? What are we going to do to walk like Jesus? That's our calling. Well, how did Jesus give? Well, we know how Jesus gave. God sent him. He said, okay, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll die for the sins of all these people. I'll give this gift to everybody. That's what, that's what Jesus did. He was willing to do that. The ultimate gift. The ultimate arm. And so I, I like to think about that verse a lot. And I, I probably take it out of context sometimes. Because I think about a lot of times how, what am I doing to say that I'm a Christian. What am I doing to walk like this man? What am I doing? How am I any different than anybody else out there? What is, what is different in me? So I just want to leave you with that thought and uh, just pray with you guys. I just want to thank everybody for, for being here. Um, we love you. If there's any questions, I'd love to hang around and talk. I know Paul would love to talk to you. So if you have any questions at all, feel free to ask. Uh, let's pray.